Well, we have a special episode of more podcast today. Uh, in studios, we have uh, Pastor Gary and myself, but we also have candidate Parker Fairbairn, who is running for uh, Michigan's 107th House of Representatives. It's a, a, the legislative district within the Michigan House of Representatives located in Chippewa County, Emmett County, Mackinac County, and Charlevoix County. That's four locations. That's a lot, Parker. Welcome. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so blessed and grateful to have the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Yeah, man, that's, wow, that's a lot of work. I was looking at the amount of people you're going to represent, and I was blown away by the number. Uh, it says that you're going to be representing 94,281 Michiganders. That's a lot of people. Yes, it is. And up here, it's a little different from downstate. So everyone represents about that same number of people, but downstate, it's a lot more condensed. So our space is four counties where in some spaces it might be a city or a, a town of 95,000 people. So it's pretty special and a big area to cover. That's crazy. And you, you mentioned uh, on Sunday that you've already put 6,000 miles on your vehicle. Yep. <laughs> It's a lot of it's a lot of mileage. Was this a new vehicle when you started, or uh, no? Yeah. I, I've had it for a while. <laughs> so after you uh, after you win the election, you have to get a new vehicle. I imagine you know to cover that. Well, oh, yeah. his fiance, her parents own a car dealership, so he oh, might be able to get a deal. There you I don't go. know. I like that idea. Yeah, and it's all about networking. Start <laughs> start talking now. Uh, yeah, oh Bobby Johnson. Hey mm-hmm. buddy, Bobby J. A, Bobby J. I need a vehicle. Uh, so the election will happen obviously November eighth. Uh, there is uh, a party election, right, yep, prior the, to that? the primary election's on August 2nd, and that's the big one where I need all the support. <laughs> okay. So now, now, what does that mean? Like, so the party is going to vote if you're going to be the candidate for the Republican Party then? Is that what the whole exactly, thing is? Exactly, yeah. yep. I'm running against three other Republicans right now, but the filing deadline's not till April 19th, so someone can leave or someone can come in. Yeah. And so how's that looking with the other people involved yeah so there's um i'll just run through them there's bob carr um jonathan shield and neil frisky they're all running as republicans and all people i'm planning on beating on august 2nd yeah right that's what we're thinking too mm-hmm. i think you got it i think you're gonna take it um well currently the seat is held by john demoose am i saying that right yep okay and how long has he had that seat for uh he's just been in for one term so oh, okay. about a two-year span so two years he's been in there, and uh, now he he's done a pretty good job. You think maybe in your assessment? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He came to Harbor Light. We did an interview with him before. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good man. He's been very active up here. I think he's done a great job representing the people. Yeah. So uh, you're going to be going for her seat now. He's heading somewhere else, isn't he? Yep. He's running for Senate in the 37th district. So that that will replace Wayne Schmidt. Um, if he, he gets in. Oh, good. Very good. Well, um, you know, I just uh, wanted to kind of get to know you. We were, we were talking about, like, you know, who is this Parker running for office? And we got to know you a little bit on Sunday, but we don't get a lot of time on Sunday sure. to do that. So we just got a little bit uh, uh, about you. Um, but I want you to tell our podcast listeners a little bit about uh, where you grew up and how you feel your family may have influenced your decision to, to make this momentous move into the political arena. I mean, this is a big thing and, uh, you're going to be facing a lot of things that you've already talked about that, uh, some of the, um, 
some of the other side has not been so so nice. Yep. And uh, so, you, tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm I'm fifth generation up here in northern Michigan, both on my mom and my dad's side. Uh, we've our family's owned a number of small businesses in the area, and if you look to Lansing, that's where the Fairbairn name is very prominent. And we've had a business there for 125 years. So wow. Uh, we're invested up here. I'm invested up here. Uh, my fiance's family is. So we're we're just super passionate about this place, and all I want to do is serve it and make this place better. Very good. So, uh, being a part of a family that's had a business, so you've you've seen how small business affects a community, how it how it makes it better. Yep. Yeah, I tell everybody uh, when I talk to them. Small business and entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of America. I truly believe they're the engine that drive America, and we need to do whatever we can to get out of the way of the entrepreneur to thrive. Yeah, I'm, amen to that. Yes. I mean, now, you know, I, you guys have the Fairbairn store that's right on that, that main drag there in yep. Lansing. So it's a, it's like an ace hardware kind of thing, right? Yep, yeah. it's a hardware store, and then they... They do plumbing and heating as well, but the hardware store has been there for 125 years. So did you notice any um, any changes when the big box stores start showing up? Yeah. Um, I Up here, small business, um, it is it is the lifeblood, but um, when the box stores start coming in, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but as long as uh, there's local control mm-hmm. where, where Harbor Springs says you can't have franchises in here, I think that's good. I, I think that has its place, and I, I think that's a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, uh, it's it's really neat. I've, I've been in that store a few times, and I, I love going in there, but it, you get that feel, you know, of, of what it was uh, what's supposed to be like. You know, we have customer service. Actually, people that say, can I help you? Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, you go into and, Home Depot. And make eye contact. And make eye contact. Yeah, yeah, you go into, like, Home Depot or whatever. Oh, I can't. Should I say that name out loud? The other places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they don't always, they don't come to you and talk to you. You know, you can be walking around this store forever. Right. And they finally like, hey, can I help you with something? Yeah, well, I've been here for an hour now. You know, yeah. it's been nice to get some help. Yeah, so it's a nice a nice store. Uh, you can get a chance to stop in and, and check it out. Um, but, you know, living in northern Michigan all your life, right? Yep. Uh, you've experienced all the, the this area has to offer. Um, what do you what do you love about, you know, being up north? Well, northern Michigan is just so special. And um, I tell everyone there's uh, people don't come from Ohio and Kentucky to go vacation in Detroit. They come up to northern Michigan. Yeah. They come up to the UP to camp or hike or whatever they like to do, enjoy the water. So this place, it, it attracts a lot of people. It attracts a lot of business. But uh, I love I love the difference we have in climate. I mean, winter comes and it's dark for six months out of the year. But we, <laughs> yeah. we have time to enjoy outdoor activities in the winter, whether it's snowmobiling, whether it's hunting. I mean, there's just so much you can do up here, and it's so different than anywhere else. Yeah. So what um, what what's one thing do you do? Are you a fisherman and hunter? Yep. I, I love hunting. I love fishing. I love the outdoors. Uh, we do all sorts of hunting. You name it, we probably do it. Yeah. And um, skiing, snowmobiling, all that stuff in the yeah. winter anyways. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things to do. I mean, uh, snowmobilers got a heyday this year yep. with all the snow going around. And, I mean, yeah, getting out there in the, the snow and, and going through the trails and stuff. Um, so, what would be what would be your favorite thing that you you like to do? I mean, what's your what's your thing you go to 
Yep, and Pastor Gary and I are probably on the same page on this. We love golfing. Yeah, uh, golfing's my big one. I have a passion for it. I actually played it in college, um, in co- competitively, and uh, that's I I love golf. Yeah, this guy here took up golf his senior year in high school. He started his senior year in high school. Yeah, makes the team, makes it when they go to the tournament down to the states, states yep. and and plays one of his best rounds of the year at states does a fabulous job gets on the college team really yes this guy is so driven and committed to getting better uh doesn't do anything halfway now i go to lots of fundraising events yeah and um so parker is my number one go-to guy to get on my team and then i have him recruit a bunch of his college players and then i look like a star <laughs> but i'm really the anchor dragging the team around <laughs> yeah we we enjoyed um one of our we went down to grand rapids last year for a fundraiser golf event and we had so much fun and we ended up winning that one yep. um what was the name of that it was the randy don yep. giovanni uh it's an inner city uh mission yeah uh reaching out to inner city kids and uh, so we went down there and uh we've won that multiple times yep. so well, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm kind of a golfer myself. Yeah. He is. Pastor <laughs> Alex has taken up golf, so we're going to have to, three of us are going to have to get together. Well, maybe. I, I'm more of just, uh, you know, just so people can laugh a little bit when they're out there. Well, I, yeah. That's the cool thing about golf is anyone can do it. It doesn't matter your skill level. It seems like you can always go out there and have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find a lot of my balls out there, but yeah. I have fun, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I try to get out there every now and then, and I tell you, we got some great, great places to go golfing up here. I mean, just top notch, top notch. I, I love sure. what we have up here for, for golfing and stuff. I've had friends that friends that have traveled around the country and they say, you know, the quality of the golf here in Northern Michigan would rival some of the stuff that you watch on TV yeah. on the pro tour. Um, we just, we're surrounded, yeah. inundated by just quality golf. It's, it's amazing, yeah. So you love golf, uh, and that's that's a that's an interesting thing, a wonderful thing to have uh, that you do up here. You get into the snow, all those different things. Now, getting to the idea of this concept of the politics that you're going to get involved with, um, did you always want to do this as growing up? I mean, did you say to yourself, you know, someday I'm going to be a politician? Yeah, I've always had a high aspiration in terms of politics, and it's been our table talk at our house for as long as I can remember. Uh, so it's something I'm super passionate about and I've wanted to to get into, but um, it, it really, I said when John DeMoose was done um, for his house seat, mm-hmm. I would run for his spot. And I expected that to be in four <laughs> more years when he was term limited out, but uh, God God's plan uh, changed and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, right, yeah. So w- can you remember that moment when you, uh, you just had that epiphany, like, this is this is really going to be happening. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I was sitting down with my parents, my fiance, and uh, we we had talked with our consultants, with uh, all sorts of people. I mean, this was probably a month long process of do we do this? Uh, I mean, our our life is going to be under a microscope basically because yeah. that's how politics is now. It's so divisive, and um, I kind of want. That's a big change I want to make, but. Um, we were sitting down and I'm like, we're, we're going to do this thing. I think, I think we can do great. I think we can win this thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not doing this, to, uh, uh, go halfway. I'm, I'm going all the way if I'm doing this. Well, that, you know, that's what we need. We need those kind of people 
that are out there that are working for the people like that, you know. I see a lot of times uh, during the political races, people will start out with aspirations of saying, we're going to, you know, we're going to run a real clean, cordial, you know, campaign here. And then by the end, they've just been sucked right in with everyone else. And I know, Parker, you and I have spoken about, you know, your desire to, to be, you know, a godly person in how you do it. Why don't you feel free to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I, my my whole goal for this um this primary election is just to, I mean, play the game, but be awesome and be nice doing it. it yeah. There's too often you get into politics and everyone's just trying to, uh, hypothetic or not hypothetically, um, cut each other's throats basically. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. It's dog eat dog. And it's, I, I don't like that. It's terrible, terrible. So I, my whole goal is to run a clean election. We're all on the same side yeah. in terms of Republicans. I just want to, I want to show people that you can run a clean election and win. Yeah. It's crazy how, you know, especially on the presidential, they're cutting each other down all while they're, you know, going for that one position. Then, then somebody wins and then they bring them on their team and they're like, oh yeah, the greatest guy ever, you know, right? What, what's up with that? And that, yeah. it, I think that's just divisive and it shows the game of politics. Yeah. Yeah. I know I, it's hard to watch sometimes when they're debating. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you know at some point they're going to probably be pulled onto the cabinet or something. And you're, especially at the presidential level, it's like, come on. Yeah. You know, and then the local level uh, for the local state offices and stuff, it, it's, it gets so brutal. It's like, you know, how do you sleep with yourself at night after you say certain things about people and, and then expect people that are voting saying, oh, yeah, you know, that that was just all part of the, the act. You know, it's just what you have to do. We're not talking about, you know, WWE here. We're talking about people's lives at stake, their finances, their futures, their health. I mean, there's a lot of things involved. It's not a joke, you know. And just because you guys uh, want to be rude and brutal, uh, we, we just want somebody's going to, you know, be on our, our side and help us, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, uh, that's what I, I really enjoy as I hear you talk Parker, because it seems like you'd be that person, that person that we can uh, look at and say, okay, you're going to really be speaking out for us. Um, and you know, as you are starting to move forward in your uh, election campaign, have you noticed any struggles that were, um, never thought of before, you know, surrounding this 107th seat? Yeah. Um, I've, I've been getting told that, uh, my age would play a big difficulty mm-hmm. in this race and this election, but after knocking on thousands of doors now, I see it as a complete asset. Everyone yeah. has been telling me we need more young conservatives, we need more young Christians getting into politics, getting involved, and that's that's what I've been hearing. So I thought that that would be a hurdle for me, but it seems to be just uh, an absolute asset for me. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that uh, w- when I talk to t- teenagers and college-age students, I mean, they they really don't take politics serious. You know, they don't take what's going on, uh, the people that are making laws and rules of our land, serious. And we need to get them, you know, more excited about what's happening. And uh, I think it's good that we have a representative in you that would be uh, young and they can stand up, you know, because, you know, I'm an old guy. You know, Pastor Gary, you know, he's... He may claim that he's young, but he's, he's getting there, you know, in age, you know. Uh, we have our ideals, but we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to be gone in the 20, 30 years. And so you guys are the ones that are making the future right now. And uh, you have to take it serious. You have to get involved, you know. Yep, so that's my whole goal is I 
I want to get more Republicans because that's something the left is killing us on is yeah. in the schools and the colleges they're uh, they're manipulating kids to thinking this is the way you need to think and if you don't think this way you're wrong. Uh, it's terrible and I just want to give give uh, young conservatives a platform where they feel like they can talk on and in a school setting. Well, why do you think our, the the message for the conservative side is not penetrating so well? Uh, I think age is one of the big ones. I think we have um, older people telling younger people how to think, and on the left, they have they actually have young people telling young people this is what we need to be doing. Yeah, I don't think we have enough young voices telling kids that it's okay to think this way. So let me ask you this: you you and I spoke, and uh, you gave me a quote, and we won't we won't mention the person, but uh, when it comes to experience and age, you know, it's it's supposed to equate to a certain level of success. Why don't you go ahead and fill me in on that one? Yeah. So my big quote I've been telling everybody is if age and uh, age and experience mattered, Joe Biden would be the best president of our lifetimes Mm. and of, (laughs) of any time actually. And that, that just isn't the case right now. It's actually far from uh, the truth. So I, I think um, bringing a young person to the table brings an energy and a passion to really want to make change and beneficial change because we we're living with the the change we're making for the next 60, 70 years. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, I think it's such an awesome way to be thinking about this. And, uh, you know, it's, it is uh, crucial right now. I mean, there's so many things that are spinning plates right now that, uh, could come crashing down in a moment because just it's bad. I mean, think about the, uh, oil prices, think about the pipeline that's running in the Straits and, all those different things that are going on. I mean, we need somebody to start fighting for us because, uh, you know, when we're paying that much money at the pump and we're paying uh, that much money for electricity and all these different things. Somebody needs to get in there and say, listen, this is not going to happen. Yeah. Yep. So many, so many times I feel like being in Northern Michigan, um, even, even going back to the recreational sports type, all these decisions are made for people who live downstate and they, they affect me where I live, but yeah. I have no representation. And obviously that's where your heart is, is to be our voice for the people of the North instead of letting the people in the South part of our state make all the decisions that affect us. We need somebody that has a strong voice um, that aligns with our values and our convictions. And uh, so we're, you know, we're putting, we're putting our faith in young people like you and uh, you specifically Parker. And so, can you help us feel like our voices count? Yeah, that's my whole goal, and I want to get a coalition, and they already have one, but a coalition of these northern representatives that represent the UP and the above the knuckles is what I say if you're looking at your hand. <laughs> that's good. I love that. Um, uh, to really fight for our part because if you think about it, People from out of state and downstate, they come up and travel up north, and that doesn't get equated into this whole economical uh, equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't understand that we're, our roads are getting beat up up here because we've got hundreds of thousands of people traveling up yeah. on our roads, and that none of that stuff gets calculated, so we don't get a fair portion of uh, whether it's finances from from Lansing, um, just, uh, assets like that. So I think that's important to note that we, we need proper representation and a fair, fair piece of the pie. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. When you see all these cars coming up with their, their campers and everything else, 
I mean, yeah, you, that, that does impact the environment and impacts our economy and impacts a lot of different things. And uh, yeah, it seems like we just kind of get forgotten. You know, you know, from a from an economical standpoint, we want those people bringing those dollars to yeah, the we north, do, yeah. but we want to be able to provide them a good road to be able to travel on. And then we want when they go back home, we want that road to be sustainable for us as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I yeah, I mean, somebody's got to start talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you start looking at the the impact that it makes, and you know. Um, it tends to see, I mean, over the years that I've been a, a voter, you know, it does tend to believe, it feel like everything gets decided down there and it's for people down there. And then we're just kind of left to just deal with the aftermath or whatever repercussions happen from that. And it's not, I don't think that's necessarily fair. I mean, obviously we offer the state a lot as far as our resources and the things that people want to enjoy. So, you know, we should have a, a piece of the pie at some point and, and not have to beg for it. You know, we should be at the table with everybody else, you know, being a part of the, the conversation. And it, and honestly, I mean, I have not felt in years that we've been a part of the conversation. It's sort of been on the outside. And and uh, so you're going to be our voice, right? Yep. You're That's gonna... my whole goal is to be a fierce advocate for the people of northern Michigan and the eastern UP who – are huge contributors to the Michigan economy that don't get that um, that piece of the pie. Yeah, I want a big piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, I want to get this out there because I don't. I, I, I hope you don't uh, mind me uh, bring this question up. But would you say your faith in Jesus has uh, has any part for why you're running the 107th seat? Oh my goodness, um, Jesus is by me every day. I I get on my knees and pray in the morning. I I ask for Him to give me strength to uh, keep connecting with voters and the courage to just keep pushing yeah. forward every day. And He's by my side. I know that for sure because I wouldn't be where I am today without Him. Uh, so I'm always uh, praising him, and I'm I'm just so grateful for the uh, the opportunities that's that have been put forth uh, in front of me. And I, again, just am so grateful. Have you noted a lot noticed a lot of positive responses because you're very expressive about your faith? Yes, uh, people people want to see young Christian conservatives getting into politics. So when I knock on their door and I tell them that's who I am, they absolutely love to hear that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I I was just watching a documentary not long ago about uh, some of the people in our um, national politics and government and they come from a certain uh faith and uh that faith you know has the sanctity of life and um you know god created male and female and he and he did that and then these politicians don't make decisions in you know in in line with their convictions that means their convictions aren't really there to me that's absolutely uh correct and it seems like when, not necessarily when people get to Lansing, but when people get to D.C. and they they start feeling the pressure of the lobbying groups and the the other pressures that are down uh, in in Lansing, they they start to crumble. And mm-hmm. you have to go down there with the the authority and the uh, will to not change and not yeah. not change on your convictions and stay true to who you are as a person. And that's why I've, I've got the best support system I can. I've got an awesome fiance and her family and my family. They're, they're all going to be there for me to uh, if, vent if I need to, or tell them how my day went um, and the pressures that have come from it. And then um, that, 
that release that you give when you talk to those people are just reassurances that you're on the right path. Yeah, and I, I suppose that influence, the, the, the negative influence, is going to be right there waiting for you as soon as you walk through the door. Um, because, I mean, you really are talking about things that are in opposition to a lot of our culture right now. And uh, so that's going to be you're definitely you need to continue in prayer. How, how do you find that? How, how do you feel like you're going to be able to find that, uh, you know, the the issue between compromise and conviction? I mean, that seems like a real battle. Yep, and there's there's some things that you can't compromise on because that that is your conviction and that is how, what you believe in, and those are things that you just have to be okay with not uh, not compromising on. But there are issues that you will compromise on, and they're for the benefit of everybody. And you just need you need to hope that people understand that. But uh, in terms of what you believe in and the values you bring down to Lansing, you can't change and can't falter on those. Very good. Well, we're going to take a quick break with our sponsor, and we'll be right back in just a minute. Wilson Insurance Agency, located on US 31, is a local independent insurance company proudly serving Northern Michigan. Located in Petoskey, they have been insuring Northern Michigan's finest contractors and business owners, as well as individuals since 1981. They are an agency with the customer in mind. Well, you're here with uh, the Moore Podcast, we're talking with Parker Fairbairn, who is running for the 107th seat of representatives here in Michigan. And uh, we've been talking to him about uh, his run and all the things that are involved with it and what he is experiencing so far. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting, some of the things we've heard so far, it's just, it's, it's crazy that uh, the politics are the way they are, but I'm just so glad that you are, you feel the energy and the, the push to make it happen. Um, but what's something that surprised you about yourself as you've gotten into this whole thing? I mean, I'm sure you started to take an assessment and go, hmm, this is different. You know, maybe there's something different about me. Yeah. Um, one of the big things I realized um, after meeting with my competitors and talking with them, uh, I feel like I'm um, not necessarily more stable, but um, I feel like I... Um, I have this peace about mm-hmm. me when I throughout this whole election process, and um, I didn't know I had that in me. I, this, I'm okay whatever way this ends up going. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm fighting like heck to make sure I win this. Uh, but I'm okay because this experience that I'm I'm on right now and this uh, roller coaster that is politics that I've just entered into. I'm I'm just learning so much, meeting so many great people, and that's what it's about: is meeting people, talking yeah. to people, what's important to them. So that's the big uh, the big thing for me that I thought, wow, I I didn't know I had this in me, but. It sure feels great. Yeah, I bet you start finding out a lot about your strengths and weaknesses and the things that are there. It's good to have a, a wonderful partner with you that you'll be getting married to soon that will be able to support you through that and be a, a voice of reason in your life. Yeah, you know, and that that's something that you see a lot of times in politics is that uh, somewhere along the way the politicians lose that or they walk away from it or they deny that they just should be in their life or refuse to listen. And, uh, yeah, that's good that you're holding on to that. Um, I want to share with you an interesting quote I found. Uh, Aaron Rodgers from uh, Green Bay Packers wrote this uh, quote. He says, authenticity is everything. Uh, you have to wake up every day and look in the mirror, and you want to be proud of the person who's looking back at you. And you can only do that if, you, if you're if you being honest with yourself and being a person uh, of high character. You have an opportunity every single day to write the story of your life. 
Um, and so w- what are you proudest of right now in your accomplishments moving forward? I'm actually proudest about my fiance and our relationship that we have. I think it, um, it speaks volumes to the person I am and the person she is. And I'm just so grateful for the relationship we have and the, the uh, caring attitude that we have for each other. And our big, our big motto that actually PG and, um, uh, PG and Lisa K gave us was outserve each other. So that's something yeah. we try to do every day is outserve one another. And I think that's a good, uh, good thing for the people to know too, is that's the same approach I'm going to make towards politics, which is I'm going to keep out serving and outworking and just work my butt off to make sure that this place is better. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what's some, so what's something about yourself that you were surprised about? that you began to, you, you didn't think it was possible, and then all of a sudden, here you are, you're able to accomplish. Yeah, I, I mean, I last year I was in college. I, I'm currently pursuing my master's degree right now, and I had no idea that this was the path I was going to be on because I, I thought I was planning on working for um, um working in politics for the next year to try and learn more, learn more about it, and... Uh, then I get a call that John DeMoose decided to run for a Senate, and I'm like, "Wow, this is this yeah. is the opportunity. This is the time." And because I d- I didn't want to wait another six years or whatever for the next opportunity because there's no incumbent, and it makes it a lot easier to run. Um, so I said, "We're gonna do this," and that that for me was like uh, a big step, a big step of courage and faith for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's an amazing thing when uh, you just have that moment you realize, yeah, this is something I can make happen. Yeah, it, um, I don't think you know a lot of people, young uh, in the uh, young that would be just like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make this huge leap into something that uh, it seems so large and so huge, but you know somewhere you found that that resolve, which is amazing. Yeah, and I I, I tell people that. You know, it would have been so much easier just to say, no, you know what, I'll wait and I'll I'll just keep doing school and going with the motions. But when I see there's a, um, there's a need for change in our politics and I want to be that change. I don't want to see another, um, no offense, like 60, 70-year-old person mm-hmm. getting into politics who is doing it as an end-of-career checkmark off the bucket list item. Yeah. I want someone who wants to go down there to make change. And if that, that person isn't me and it's another young person, I, I'm all in for it. But I think when you're, when you're young and you have this drive to want to make change, that can't be replicated. Right. So, like, if, if you're talking to somebody my age, you know, um, what would you say about the life experience issues that, you know, these other guys definitely do bring to the table because they've been around for a long time. Yep. Uh, how do you, how do you address that? Well, I've been telling people that I'm not going down with an agenda. I'm, and that's most people do when they're older and getting into politics, they have their agenda all laid out. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm going down with the agenda air quotes of, listening to people and what mm-hmm. matters most to the people up here, that's my agenda is okay. listening and serving the people. That is my, my only agenda. Yeah. And I think that's, 
that's good because then you're like you're doing what you want you're supposed to be doing which is listening to people doing what they want the people's will and i think that's so important you don't see that a lot of times especially with some of the older ones where they like you said they set their agenda that's all they're focused on and no matter what we say it just seems like it goes in one ear out the other and uh they're still saying well we're doing it for you well i don't want you to do that you know that's not what we want done you know right so i want to have that good pulse on the community um and that that means you need to hold meetings and talk to people when you're in office and see what matters most and have calls to um, specialists and professionals in the area because i don't know everything about housing or i don't know everything about this stuff so if i have these resources and people to talk to of uh good good pieces of legislation that could be made to make processes better or make it cheaper to develop housing. And that's, that's a big one up here. Um, I'm all ears and I'm going to listen and I want to, uh, that's what I want to tell people is I'm here to listen and serve and work really hard. I think I've had a chance to write in to our president multiple times. Uh, you know, not just our current president, but presidents before. I've written to our governor multiple times in the past few years, for sure. And um, I think that there's this um, idea that there are people on the ground who are really smart. I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but there are really smart people that live here. And they have some really common sense, you know, solutions to problems that get discounted because we're not a politician. And um, I just wrote to our president on an issue that I saw that I had a pretty, pretty simple common sense answer to. And I got a, I got a response back and read it this morning, had nothing to do, you know, and obviously I'm just one of 330 million people in this country, but it just feels like, you know, there are smart people on the ground. We should talk to them. And I, I really applaud you for having this approach. And why don't you go ahead and share with us, you know, some of the issues that are facing, you know, Northern Michigan people and some of the things that uh, you're going to be facing when you get there. Yeah. So the big ones I've been hearing at the door, housing's the big one. That's um, a driver in our economy. And that's uh, one of the big issues. And the second one that hasn't got a whole lot of attention is mental health up here. So those are the two big issues that I really want to help solve, and mental health in particular. I've spoke to police officers, emergency people. They're all telling me that that's, this is a really big issue that, that's just not getting looked at, and it, it needs to. Our, our jails, for example, 50% occupancy of mental health patients, they're not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be getting the help they need at a, a mental health facility, um, and even at the hospital, they can't really treat the, the mental health patient. And if you go to these mental health clinics, all the beds are full. So the people who really need the help aren't getting it. Um, so that's a, a, big, uh, a big issue that I want to help solve up here. Let's go, let, let's go back to the housing issue. Um, let, me, let me give you some of the take that I hear from people um, and some of the attitudes that are reflected in Northern Michigan. So, you know, we're spread out with a few people in a large area, which we'd all like, nobody likes having someone live right on top of them. And, um, and, but people are coming here because they like that, which means you got to have housing for them, which means more people are coming here. It means the properties are getting smaller and smaller. And um, so how do we, you know, what ideas have you heard or what ideas do you have on being able to, keep the door open, but not get, 
the downstate mentality taking over where we're at. Exactly. And that's um, talking with realtors, talking with uh, housing developers. Um, There's a balance between uh, how much housing do we want up here and keeping that small town um, vibe that we, we have in northern Michigan and not, not compromising. And um, first and foremost, we want to keep the, the small town and quaintness of, of northern Michigan here. But there is room for housing. Um, our businesses need it direly. And the solutions I have are private. I don't think any business the government gets to is good. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see government subsidies um, helping these housing projects. I'd like to see... Uh, private entrepreneurs, private organizations uh, building these housing projects up here. And you're starting to see it. You know, there's a Monti housing project. Um, a, um, a There's three or four housing projects going on up here, but we need more. So uh, apartment buildings are something. I've talked with three or four um, big companies up here that are looking into um, employee and family housing. Because if you look at the schools right now, uh, for example, Harbor Springs is down 50% in their kindergarten class than it was, I think, uh, 20 years ago. So um, kindergarten is 10 years off 12th grade. So if you that's a 10-year forecast of what our, our schools are going to look mm-hmm. like. 50% reduction is humongous, and no one's talking about that. So we need to incentivize family housing. And I don't think that is Section 8 housing. I think this is actual housing development, nice houses. And it can be done, but it's going to be through entrepreneurs and the private private industry. And the local government kind of letting letting people do what they've been created to do. Exactly. Um, I live right down the road from me. There's a, a trailer park, uh, Conway Commons, and uh, they've got probably 20 units sitting in there waiting to get set up on their foundations. You know, now that's, you know, it's a, it's a trailer house, but uh, trailer houses are nice and they provide a lot of space, economical, affordable housing. I mean, we're living in a time where it's going crazy where families, young families, especially like you, young families are not able to get a house at a reasonable entry level. It's just crazy. Right, and that's another big big issue is uh, we have these kids that get through high school and they go to college in some other state or downstate, and they don't want to come back up here. So they're not reinvesting in our northern Michigan economy, and I'm not saying all kids need to come back up to northern Michigan, but it would be nice to raise that percent mm-hmm. a little bit and get more local, um, local talent um, coming back up to northern Michigan. But... The problem is housing. The first thing people look at when they want to move to or relocate is how much does hou- housing cost? How yeah. much are taxes? And we need to we need to help lower that. And I think that starts with lowering the developing costs of of housing and making it more affordable for uh, developers to actually develop property. And um, there's a few things that can get done for that, and that it. Uh, falls on local government. So I went to a township meeting here uh, in my township, Little Traverse Township, not too long ago, and it was it was it, it was it did my heart uh, a wonderful delight to hear them talking about housing as an issue, and they are thinking about it. They've got a plan, but they're afraid that government is going to 
handcuff them so they can't do what what is needed here in northern Michigan. Yeah, so I want to get Lansing out of the way. I don't think it's the state's job to say how housing has to be in Harbor Springs or Petoskey. Um, So I think it falls on local government because they have the better tap on the pulse of uh, of the people and the, the place. So uh, we need to see more uh, more housing up here, and I think local government and um, entrepreneurs are the answer. So uh, when we talk about the housing, are, you know, is there a big need for, like, low-income housing? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, we, we need to incentivize um, more people up here, uh, and I think low, lower-income uh, is is beneficial, but I I also want to see um, you know m- middle income housing mm-hmm. or you know the average the average person housing because there's not enough of it up here and we don't want to we don't want to attract we want to attract people that are going to help raise the GDP and raise yeah. um, uh, bring up the economy and once we get more housing in we're able to housing's the root cause of a lot of our problems up here. And we need new industry up here. Right now we have like a three-month economy. You're I'd right. like to see us head more towards a 12-month economy up here. Yeah. So that would be bringing in industries like technology. In Traverse City, for example, the technology industry has been booming, and that's something I want to piggyback off of and bring it up to northern Michigan. But I think we need new housing to attract people up here. Yeah, and so that that's definitely going to – be an issue with releasing property land and getting uh, things assessed and made. I, I remember um, growing up in the area and uh, over where Walmart is, you know, that was some housing there for a while. And then those places came in and Walmart, Home Depot and all that stuff came in. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. But it, it's changed the the makeup of the community because people have a place they can shop instead of having to go down to Traverse City. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was a big thing. You had to go to Traverse City to go do any shopping because there's nothing up in the area except for Kmart and Charlevoix and mm-hmm. maybe at a couple other places. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a, a big deal. Uh, housing is a, is an issue. I know that when we came moved back in the area, you know, trying to find a house is amazing. It was just is blew my mind away how difficult it was to find a house. As soon as it was put on the market, it was it was sold. You know, and it was just it just drove me nuts because it's like, are, are you kidding me? They just put that on there, and then all of a sudden it's out there, being it's sold already. Um, you know, you're going to be starting this uh, journey. We we pray it's going to happen, and uh, you're going to be moving forward. What's some things that um, you think you, you you're going to have to start looking at in yourself and your your political views for the next year? You might maybe change or uh, maybe make a little bit different, better, whatever it is. Uh, have you looked at long-term to try to look at yourself and say, well, you know what, I have these aspirations and ideas, but, you know, when I get down there, maybe I might have to look at some of these things. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at that because I'm, I'm pretty rooted and grounded in uh, my philosophies right now. Um, I'm, I'm not going away from Christianity, so there's a lot of, a lot of things in the Bible that I am not straying from. And, um, I mean, when you get to Lansing, you just have to be rock solid with what you believe in and Lansing shouldn't change you. Um, yeah. You get down there, you should be the same person when you come out, but that's never the case for these politicians. They, um, they make compromises that are too much, um, they bite off more than they can chew, and you just need to be grounded and know where you came from 
and not not move off of that. Yeah. So you're really encouraging young people to get into politics. I mean, it seems to be part of your platform. Uh, what's some advice you'd give to somebody that's thinking about moving in the area that you're in or some, some political form or whatever? I'd say make the jump, do it. Uh, if you can get into local politics, whether it's uh, county board of commissioners, um, township, uh, do it because you'll be better, a better person for doing it. You're going to learn a ton. I've learned so much in just uh, two months of campaigning that I would have never learned otherwise doing this. So I say go for it, and if you ever need someone to talk to, feel <laughs> free to call me because I'd love to, love to help you on your journey. That's awesome. Yeah, now you're running for the Republican Party, um, you know, and uh, there's been some interesting things that have evolved in the Republican Party. Uh, what's some things that you've noticed um, uh, the party that uh, you, you would maybe want to get a hold of and change a little bit to make it more, um, you know, more appealing to people that you're trying to reach? Yep. Um, one of the big stats uh, is the average age of the Michigan legislator is in the mid-50s, while the average age of the Michigander is in about the mid-30s. So I think we need to lower that, um, bring that average down to the legislature to get more representation of the young people and the people who uh, who take up um, uh, a bigger piece of the pie. We shouldn't be having um, a bunch of old people running the... Yeah. They don't have as good of a a pulse on the on Michigan. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, we kind of start moving in the you know retirement arena, and it, yeah, kind of take our our, uh, our uh, lives and kind of uh, go off and do retirement. So we don't really think about those kind of things much. Uh, you're running against Jody Decker, who is uh, the Democratic candidate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are you preparing for in the future conversations with her? Maybe possible debates with her? Are you having debates with her? Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't talked with her. I I'm focused on beating out the other Republicans right now. It's not something that uh, once I get through August second mm-hmm. and uh, beat the Republicans, then I'm going to go full gear. Because um, right now it's you're debating people with the same views as you. How do you differentiate yourself from them? And I think I'm doing a good job of that. What, I mean, the the simple thing is I'm three decades younger than any of them. So mm, yeah. that's my big differentiator. But the energy and the – I tell everybody I promise to work harder than any of the other candidates running against me. Not one of them will outwork me in this whole process. So uh, I'm, I'm super passionate about that, but I, I want to see um, – I just want to see more young people getting involved, and that's – uh, that's the premise of what I'm running on. Um, we, the Republican Party doesn't do um, a great job at getting young people involved, whether it's at the voting booths or whether it's um, uh, in um, local, not necessarily local government, but uh, local ac- activities. They, they just aren't as engaged, and I think we need to do whatever we can to th- engage them. So after I... I win on August 2nd. I'm I'm planning on getting the young people out. Yeah, that'd be great, getting them voting again. I mean, that was one of the major things that happened. I remember in the early 2000s with the Democratic Party, they got on MTV and everything else and got the young people voting, which is what got most of their candidates in there. Um, so is there a question that uh, you wish I asked you today that you uh, 
want to share with uh, people on our podcast? Hmm. I haven't thought about that, and uh, I don't think there is one if I can't think of that's one. Good. Right well, now. that's good, then. We've, <laughs> we've hit it all. Um, so the biggest takeaway that uh, our listeners can have, like the, the one valuable point that we should walk away from as we're thinking about voting for you, what should that be? Yep, and I think, um, again, uh, differentiating from in a primary election is hard, and we, we agree on basically all of the issues. So the differentiator is character and what you as a person bring to the table. And for me, it is I'm going to outwork everyone. And I think that's the kind of person you want down in Lansing is someone who's going to outwork. Uh, and I plan on outworking everyone who sat on this 107th seat. Um, I plan to outserve and outlisten. Uh, that's my big differentiator, and I'm I'm sticking by that because I think we need someone who is going to work hard. Very, very good. So where can we listen to you more, get more information? Uh, where can we contact uh, you if we have questions about your platform and stuff? Yeah, so my cell phone, I, I give everybody my cell phone number because if they want to reach out to me, I'm, I'm all ears. I want to listen. My number is 231-242-3379. My website is votefairbairn.com, uh, and I'll spell Fairbairn for the people, F-A-I-R, B as in boy, A-I-R-N. And I've got a Facebook page as well. It's Parker Fairbairn 107. So feel free to reach out uh, any of those ways. Check out my website. Um, feel free to donate if, if you feel called to do that because campaigns are expensive and we need all the help we can get. Parker, um, I listened to you on a, a podcast um, not long ago. Can you tell us where that was? And I would encourage people to listen to it. I was really impressed. Yep. So that was with uh, WKMT and uh, Nick Rudy um, is was the host there. Um, and I actually think I said that wrong. I think it's WMKT. Um, and you can go to any podcast listening, um, whether it's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So um, I feel free to check that out too. One more time. Tell me that again. One more time. WMKT. Okay. That was great. It was a really impressive. Uh, you did a good job of going a little further on some of the issues than we were able to. And, uh, I was really impressed with your, uh, you know, thoughtful, intelligent answers on those. Oh, well, but you. PG, this is going to be the best podcast yeah. version of the interviews. You know, yeah. you know it, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I just want, I just want to see a, like a networking of, yeah, right, uh, yeah. of people coming together to support uh, Parker. And, you know, we're just one part of that. And, um, and you're doing a great job. I'm super impressed with your ability to, uh, you know, put on the more. Hey, well, we, we we're trying our best here. We have a good time. Well, that, we've been spending time with uh, candidate Parker Fairbairn as he's running for 107th seat. Uh, we just thank you for your time, Parker. Thank you guys so much, and God bless you. God bless you.